be reminded that the gift of God's grace through Christ alleviates all that guilt. Um, and the, so the, the two errors that Bridges immediately talks about are exactly what you pointed out, Derek. Pride, where we think we can earn God's grace, mm-hmm. or guilt, where we think we've already forfeited it. All right, welcome back to Word of Grace. It's a Tuesday. Uh, first time we were able to say that on the podcast because we've switched our schedule now to go from uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday to Tuesday, Friday. Hope you're okay with that, Derek. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we're we're a little right, bit, okay. uh, we were chuckling about something before the uh, episode began, and uh, we're trying to uh, be a little more serious now. Yes. Uh, so take a deep breath. <laughs> Inhale deeply the clean air here at the church. And uh, we'll move on with our study. We want to welcome you. Uh, we had a week break, and uh, we're we're now glad that we've seen on the on the analytics of the podcast that people have been going back and catching up. And we thought maybe it was a little too much because uh, we originally started this for the pandemic when we weren't meeting to give people encouragement. Um, and now that those things are kind of being lifted, we feel like we can go to a Tuesday Friday schedule, which we're doing. And we're starting on a book by Jerry Bridges, who uh, sadly is now dead but uh, has written lots of books uh, that have been helpful to the church. In fact, I know you've studied several of them in our Sunday school uh, class. Um, and have you ever read this one before, The Discipline of Grace? Uh, no, I've never okay. read this one. Um, but we're, we're looking forward to starting that here uh, with you and trust it'll be an encouragement. Um, the book is really about sanctification, let, let's just pretend, Derek, that we're talking to people who have no idea uh, anything regarding the Christian life. Maybe it'll sound um, dumbed down to people who are experienced and mature in their faith, but in its simplest form, what is sanctification? Uh, sanctification is uh, spiritual holiness and purity in uh, the individual Christian's life. Okay, so we're talking about uh, a, something that is a process— Absolutely. Rather than mm-hmm. a, uh, the the conversion of individuals is not a process. That is a that is a specific point in time when one comes to Christ. So, what you would say is that the sanctification process then is ongoing. Absolutely. Okay. So, in this ongoing sanctification process, um, just to start uh, the discussion, what what's required? What's required in this ongoing sanctification process for uh, believers? Well, uh, a believer, well, y- y- you make the statement believer, that person has to be born again. Uh, and, of course, the initial aspect of that is justification. Uh, and then there's the sanctification process. Uh, well, actually, sanctification is two-sided because there's the positional side to where when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we are sanctified. Uh, We have to be in order for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, and that's a permanent situation. But then you also have the practical aspect of sanctification, which we live out daily. Have you heard the definition of sanctification is as simple as to be set apart? Yes, absolutely. What you're saying in the positional sanctification, we are are set apart Mm -hmm. for good, but we're talking more about the being more set apart from our sin— on and a daily basis, regularly. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of a trick question, and leads us into the first couple chapters of Bridges' book. 
um, is it is it our work or the Spirit's work that creates Christ likeness in the sanctification process? Well, it's 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 a uh, concurrence of, of both. The, the Holy Spirit is actually living through us, but we do have an active part in that. We are active participants. We do have to uh, live in a uh, state of obedience to the Lord. So we do have something to do with our sanctification. Okay, so he- here's here's where we want to get into what Bridges says about um, a performance mindset where we tend to think uh, what we do earns God's blessing or forfeits God's blessing based on whether we are succeeding spiritually or failing spiritually. Um, He refers to this as kind of thinking of performance-driven blessings, where God blesses us when we do good and withholds blessing from us when we don't. What, what you, I guess I'll, I was having trouble asking the question, how do you respond to that sort of thinking? Is it, is it right or wrong? Oh, well, what I would say is if you look back at your salvation, the first question you would ask is what did you do to merit God's grace? Uh, you did absolutely nothing to merit God's grace. It's his unmerited favor. So why now is it that once you are saved, uh, do you feel that you have to keep up a certain standard in order for God to bless you? God blesses you in spite of who you are and in spite of what you do. And so then the the problem with that thinking is, oh, then I don't have to do anything and, and God's going to bless me. I can live however I want, right? That that would be the, that would be another the error. Yes. Isn't it? Isn't it, uh, this is typical in Christian thinking that unless, you think about it as a narrow road with ditches on either side. Yes. It's very easy to fall into a ditch on either Mm -hmm. side. And the ditches on these sides are what we've kind of talked, it's almost like back to the legalism, antinomianism discussion again from the the whole Christ. That's the thing that came to my mind, right. Mm -hmm. So we we can drift to the one ditch which says, well, if I have God's favor all the time, then I'm gonna live however I want. Or no, I got to. The other ditch would be no, I got to continue to work and work and work. Taking a step back one more time, I asked you at the beginning: is it is it the spirit that that is working in us, or is it us who is working? And you said that I believe you said it's kind of a combination of both. What is the correlation? Are these really opposed? Does God work? Does we work? Is it the spirit? Is it our effort? Do they go hand in hand? Um, what do you say about that? I, I believe they go hand in hand because both truths are taught in the scripture. It may on the surface appear to be contradictory when in reality it's complementary. Uh, you have the Holy Spirit who has to produce uh, spiritual works within us. We cannot conjure those things up on our own. But we are not automatons either. We also have to live out uh, the very things that the Lord has mandated us to do. And we do that by relying on his grace. Absolutely. I think that's what yes. was expressed. Yes. So, um, there's two errors that are mentioned. And, and as I was taking notes as I was reading, it seems like he just kind of circles back to these errors again and again. Regarding God blessing us in our Christian life, um, we, we have these two problems, okay? We, and again, let me try to engage you, and you don't have to give the answer that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, Derek. That's no big deal. Okay. 
when we think about God blessing us, what, what problem will, again, I'm having a real hard time articulating my thoughts. There must be something in the air here at church that's just <laughs> affecting my brain, the quality here. I'm struggling with it. And I'm having a real hard time articulating. So let me, let me back up and say, okay, what happens to believers who don't truly recognize their depravity? What errors does it lead to? Let's, let's say there are believers in our midst who don't truly recognize their ultimate wickedness and the deep stain of sin on their life. What, what problems will that lead well, them to? Uh, one major problem is that uh, I think self-righteousness might come yes. in there because uh, now they're thinking that they are achieving certain things and it is upon their own merit that God is blessing them. Yes, I, that's totally what I was after. Now, what about the other people who just can't grasp Jesus's gift of grace, just can't fully, and again, they're believers, mm-hmm. but they aren't truly understanding all that Jesus's grace and his gift brings. What uh, error could that lead them to? Uh, it would lead them to thinking that, uh, obviously, that, that they're not worthy of God's grace. Yeah. And again, they, I think that they could also... Uh, they would also have the tendency to want to try to live up to some standard so God will think that they're worthy. Okay, so even though our minds are walking down all these different trails, I don't mm-hmm. know if we said it because we stopped recording a couple times just because we were in one of those moods, but we're reading books with Max, you're teaching Sunday school, mm-hmm. we're doing a kind of a preaching course where we're trying to learn how to be better teachers and preachers, and so, I mean, sometimes, this is the case with me, you're getting all these books and studies yes. discombobulated in your head. Mm-hmm. But the two questions I asked you, we are right aligned on this, and these are the two issues he comes up with. You, you mentioned the first, when we don't recognize our true depravity, we become self-righteous. Mm-hmm. We become um, uh, prideful. Right. Uh, and, and the word I came up with, I always like to use the same letters, they, we tend to start thinking, well, we deserve. Right. We deserve right. God's mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. But then the person who, and again, we're talking about believers. You made right. that point very clear about mm-hmm. sanctification. We're talking about believers. Mm-hmm. Then there are people who don't really truly understand what Jesus' grace gifts do and, and all that he has done for us, and they become guilty. Mm-hmm. And, and so instead of deserving God's blessing, the word I, they despair mm-hmm. that they are unworthy. And I think you use that exact right. term. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that they try to work harder. I almost think that guilt buries okay. people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's one of those two responses. Mm-hmm. Either I'm going to mm-hmm. try to overcome that guilt by doing better, right. and then they realize they can't do better, and they just mm-hmm. become more and more guilty. But I think eventually that buries people. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be reminded that the gift of God's grace through Christ alleviates all that guilt. Um, and the, so the the two errors that Bridges immediately talks about are exactly what you pointed out, Derek. Pride, mm-hmm. where we think we can earn God's grace, mm-hmm. or guilt, where we think we've already forfeited it, and there's no way right. we can ever receive it. Um, what then motivates a believer to strive after sanctification? What What is the best motivation for Motiv- us striving? The motivation to me would be Christ himself and what he accomplished on the cross. Yeah. That should be the motivation. Yeah. It is, I didn't write the scripture down, but is it 2 Corinthians 5? For the love of Christ constrains us. Mm-hmm. 
that since Christ died for all, we should henceforth live not for ourselves, but right. unto Christ. Mm-hmm. I've made mention of this before. I maybe said it on the podcast, but um, uh, Judah's listening in today. I'm sure he has words of wisdom that he'd like to share. But uh, we talk about like what motivates our children's obedience, and there's levels of motivation. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they begin to they begin to obey us maybe out of reward, right? They, or you know they'll they'll think if I'm good I'll get something, or you're not you're not getting anything for obey. You've passed that motivation. <laughs> and there's other motivations: duty, uh, fear. I don't want to get sure. punished. But ultimately, love is the greatest motivation, mm-hmm. and that's what you just mm-hmm. mentioned: the, the work of Christ, the joy of knowing our sins are forgiven. It is not. Uh, duty or guilt are not good motivators. They they tend to they tend to maybe stimulate and motivate for a, a while, mm-hmm. but the love of Christ is a continual um, motivator. Yeah, uh, Bridges says uh, two things here. He says we must go back to the cross and see Jesus there bearing our sins in His own body. And then he says, we must, by faith, appropriate for ourselves the blood of Christ that will cleanse our guilty conscience. Yeah. So the reality is, is we're, we're running back to the cross looking at the love that uh, Christ exhibited for us when we're, in e- when, when we're in either of those states. So let's see if your mind can still track with mine. Um, we, we're, we're highlighting that the biggest problems in regards to the sanctification growth process is pride and guilt. Pride right. and guilt. Mm-hmm. Feeling I've earned God's favor or I don't deserve it. So, what is the solution to both of those errors? What is the solution to our pride? What action does a person need to take? And what is the solution to our guilt? Okay, I would say that we need to retreat to the gospel. We need to go back and see what the gospel says about Jesus Christ and what Jesus has accomplished for us uh, and acknowledge the fact that everything is because of Christ. Uh, And if if we recognize what Christ has done on the cross, we should have no pride. And if we've recognized what Christ had to experience on the cross to provide us with... uh, uh, where we would not have to be guilty, what does Romans 8 and 1 say? That, that, that there is no uh, condemnation uh, for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it's all running back to the gospel. It's running back to Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm going to circle back to that in a minute, but I want to ask you, uh, Bridges then, when he's dealing with this pride and guilt, goes to the story in Luke about the tax collector and the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Would you explain that for people that Okay, well, basically... What story is... Just tell us what the story is. Okay, basically, uh, Christ is contrasting two individuals, two types of sinners, basically. Mm -hmm. The Pharisee, who is an externalist or religionist who thinks he has it all together, and then you have the publican who is hated by all, yet he is recognizing his sinful state. The Pharisee is looking around with himself being the standard and saying, I'm not like any of these other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Lord, I do all of these wonderful things, and based upon that, I should curry your favor. But then the publican is beating his breast saying, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. Yeah. You know. So the Pharisees' problem was pride. Pride, exactly. What would have solved the Pharisees? Going back to my question here, now Mm -hmm. we have a real-life person. What, What should he have done that would have solved his pride problem? 
Uh, he should have recognized his own spiritual yeah. bankruptcy. Yeah. He had to, and this is this is where we get to application or persuasion of of those who may feel pharisaical in their minds. And he talked about refined sins right. in the book. This is the idea that we have certain sins that kind of are acceptable. Right. Uh, Social sins. Yeah, and right. we... Yep. We have experienced this in our congregation mm-hmm. where certain sins are highlighted or taken to the extreme. And because mm-hmm. I'm not involved in those sins, then I place myself above those people who have committed those sins. And boy, is that prevalent in the mm-hmm. church. And so the solution to that, you're saying, is for the Pharisee and Luke to say, I'm, a, I'm deserving. It's, right. it's not comparing ourselves to others, but comparing ourselves to God's standard. And Pharisee yeah. wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. When we compare ourselves to others, that will always lead to pride. Because right. I can always find somebody who is maybe a little bit lower right. than me. Exactly. I was, I think the thing I took away from chapters one and two the most was even in the acknowledgement of sin, it's more than just, maybe, maybe I'm, this is too vulnerable to say, or, or maybe I'm maybe I should have learned this a long time ago. Is it's not just acknowledging our acts of sin, but it's acknowledging that mm. I am completely mm. and totally polluted mm. and stained. Mm. So the publican on the street corner wasn't saying, God be merciful to me because I have sinned right. and listing a few acts that he mm-hmm. has committed, but recognizing I am a sinner. Yeah. Did that right. resonate yeah, with exactly. you at all? And so much so that even on our good days, so to speak, or those days when we believe that we're living righteously and doing what God wants us to do, even that is tainted by who we are mm. because in the depths of our souls, we are totally depraved. We are unrighteous. And, and our righteousness is not something that we can uh, produce ourselves, but it's imputed righteousness. It's a righteousness that is alien to us. Yeah. And so we have seen Pharisaical-type behavior, mm-hmm. seen it in For our sure. own lives, mm-hmm. but especially prevalent among people who, again, observe the big sins, and they're not committing the big sins. Right. So their solution is to admit their total depravity. Right. Going to the to the sinner now, the, mm-hmm. the one who struggles mm-hmm. with guilt. So we're talking about the two major issues, and hopefully we've repeated it enough that it's made sense. Pride and guilt. I don't I've earned God's favor. That's what the Pharisee thought. Right. No, you need mm-hmm. to admit you need his grace right. daily. Now we go to the sinner. What keeps that sinner from being overwhelmed with his guilt? and not moving on in the sanctification process. What does he need to do, that guilt-ridden sinner? And I think that we're not talking necessarily about the parable again, but mm-hmm. or maybe it wasn't a parable, just an actual story about the man who prayed. What does the person who doesn't struggle with pride but struggles more with guilt, mm-hmm. what is, if, if the person with pride is supposed to humbly admit their depravity, what does the person who's struggling with guilt need to do to well, move on? Well, I think that uh, the person that is struggling with, with guilt needs to acknowledge the fact that Christ has cleansed him of his sins mm-hmm. and has taken his guilt upon himself on yeah. the cross. Yeah, I think you talked about it earlier, and there is going to be a chapter, not this week, but I believe in the next week, that talks about preaching the gospel to ourselves. It's a reminder of what Christ has done for us. Pointed question to you. 
which way do you lean? Are you more? Would you lean more to the ditch of pride or more to the ditch of guilt? I would say the ditch of guilt. Okay. Yeah. It's probably prideful of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> just no, just a joke. Yeah. I think we. I think I am too, but then I don't want to be. I don't want to be blind to my pride. Right. Mm-hmm. I probably am prone to both. We could go either way, but I would say that the scales are tipping more towards guilt. Interesting question mm-hmm. was in the book, too. Do you think of yourself more as a sinner or a saint? Mm. Or And how should people think about themselves? <laughs> Isn't that a good question? Yeah, it is. This uh, guy is good. I mean, yeah. I've read several of his books, too, but mm-hmm. just very practical. Like, the mm-hmm. Bible calls us saints, set apart right. ones. Mm-hmm. Um it, 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 again, it's it's that narrow. I, I just imagine a narrow country road with the ditches. Mm-hmm. If I think of myself only as a sinner, then I'm mm. going to lead to the guilt ditch. Sure, sure. If I think of myself only as a saint, then I'm going to lead to the pride ditch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm even imagining the road with mm-hmm. you know Max could draw us a cartoon for a church newsletter, which would perfectly illustrate that. And it's the road is so narrow. Yes, it is. You got to balance that perfectly, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. you? Yes, you do. Um, I think one of the things that is eye-opening is, did you did you catch the part where he was talking about the seriousness of sin and he looked at three passages that explained what sin really was? Did you catch that part? I, that? I remember it vaguely, but I've got so much in my mind right I know, now, I know. it's hard to remember. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, he used three terms in the Bible for sin, rebel, despise, and defy, mm-hmm. which heighten the... Uh, the view of sin in a in a believer's life. Um, a lot of times we can be overwhelmed with our sense of failure and become guilt-ridden, or we be, can become, um, you know, kind of proud of our achievements and think that we deserve it. But I think Bridges is drawing our attention to where Scripture draws it to, to have this proper balance that the gospel preaches both. The gospel announces our own depravity, but the gospel announces the deliverance from that through Christ, and that it's his grace that enables us to overcome that guilt, but should remind us not to go to the ditch of pride. Mm-hmm. Nothing to say Sounds there. Sounds good. Okay. This really <laughs> Think we, you've articulated yeah, we that are well. Hit, we are hitting the time limit. Um, we like to keep these at 20 to 22 minutes, so... Um, Next time, we're going to do another review of the gospel, and I'm going to explain why uh, on Friday's episode. Um, but I think this is a good start for us. It's a, it's, a very, it's a topic that we can make a lot of very clear applications. But again, it's, it is close to, at least the starting of it here, is close to what we discussed on the whole Christ. And it just is a reminder that these issues are, are to the core of what our Christian walk is. Well, I hope you uh, had a good Tuesday. Strange for us to say that, but uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again on Friday. And hopefully this new two-day-a-week schedule will keep, uh, we'll be able to keep it a little better and be an encouragement to you. If we can be a help to you in any way, you can reach out to us in an email, gracebaptistromeo at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 586-752-4280. I know Derek would be happy to answer any of your very tough <laughs> theological questions. He has all kinds of time on his hand to do that. Um, and we know we'd love to pray or be an encouragement to you anyway, so reach out if you can. Other than that, uh, we hope you have a great day, and uh, Lord willing, we'll talk to you again 